You've heard it, we've all heard it, words matter. What we don't hear is that words matter because they are matter. This insight, along with others we cover on this show, gives you a superpower. The ability to harness the power of words to revolutionize workplaces and the world. The power to create cultures where productivity soars, profits rise, and people feel included and inspired. As with all superpowers, you have to learn how to manage it. And that's what this podcast is all about. It's about getting intentional with your communication eyes, your inputs, aka words and language, to get the O's, the outcomes, aka the results, the impact that you want. Join me, your host, Erica Mills Barnhart, and my amazing guests as we explore the wild and wonderful world of Communicate I.O. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the first episode of the Communicate I.O. podcast. If you're listening and you're wondering where the heck the marketing for good podcast friends, go back and listen to the previous episode. The short version is... I'm shifting away, Claxton is shifting away from focusing on words and marketing toward words as a way to revolutionize workplaces and, of course, by extension, the world. That's what's happening. So much more in the uh, in the episode immediately prior to this. So I want to dig in to Communicate I.O. and what this podcast is all about. So who it's for is for leaders, purpose-driven leaders in particular, who like to get results and who want every tool in their toolbox to get them, right? Communication is, I mean, it's clutch, right? When it comes to leading and leadership, you know that. So it's it's interesting, right? I'm curious um, why there is such ineffective, unleaderly communication happening. This costs companies millions of dollars. It costs small, we're going to get into this. I don't want, it's, it's a big, 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 big deal. So why, you know, like, why does it keep happening? I'm, I always say like communication isn't rocket science, right? It's not. But look, the reality is most leaders get promoted because of subject matter expertise or experience, right? Not because they're fabulous communicators per se. And, and in fact, but th- that very thing that gets people into leadership positions, like being super smart about technology or immunology or anthropology, it doesn't need to be something that ends in ology. That's just how that came out. This, this can work against them in terms of how they communicate as a leader, right? That's, it can be very technical. And being able to translate that, that technical expertise or, you know, whatever the expertise is and transition that into uh, leadership communication, that can be really tough for a bunch of reasons that we will talk about uh, on future episodes. Also, a lot of what we are all taught in school about communication creates chaos and and confusion in a business context, both of which are costly. So, yeah, I mean, the way that we're taught sort of, you know, it stalls teams out rather than uh, helping them to accelerate forward. So all of that's happening, right? So so that's like Erica's hypothesis on on part of why communication isn't isn't prioritized and why we have. I mean, let's look. Uh, let's talk about these numbers uh, about the cost of ineffective communication because they are they're staggering. So, according to research done by Rogan International, ineffective communication costs small businesses, includes nonprofits, right, with hundred employees, four hundred and twenty thousand dollars a year. 
$420,000 a year. At the other end of the size spectrum, if you have 100,000 employees, you are flushing $62.4 million down the toilet every single year. Isn't that staggering? So, and that, just to put an even finer, scarier point on it, that research only factored in email communication, which is still super important, but one form of communication. And also, it's dated. It was in 2009. So, was the nerd in me tempted to like adjust those for inflation and a few other things? Yes. Yes, the nerd in me was. But that wasn't actually, wasn't going to be a good use of my time. And I stopped myself from doing that because we don't really need it to be that specific. Like close enough for horseshoes. The point is, that's just a ton of money that could be put towards something else, right? When uh, when I speak and coach, it's primarily to and with people in leadership positions. And that's because every word that comes out of a leader's mouth or fingers or, you know, whatever is amplified because of positional authority and the power that, that leaders hold. So the ripple effect of shoddy communication at the executive level, it's, it's massive. The higher up the corporate food chain you go where you find yourself, the more poor, effective, shoddy, crappy communication costs. Like there is a, a, a correlation there, a cost correlation. Also, leaders, not exclusively, but to a great extent, they have the power to shape organizational culture. Their words can create a culture where people feel included and inspired or demoralized and deflated. I think we can all agree that we want the former, not the latter, right? Workplaces where people feel included and inspired, those are the workplaces that are changing the world, whatever it is that they're doing, right? One line of code, one randomized control trial, one sail, one sailboat, whatever the company does, they're changing the world by changing the workplace. And whether they know it or not, they're changing, well, they're doing the change one word at a time. The aggregate effect of communication shapes culture. So that's, it's important to, I just think, pause and realize that the aggregate effect of words and the ripple effect of that. So there's the organizational impact. That's what we've been talking about and cost of poor communication. There's also an impact on individuals. It feels crappy to communicate crappily. (laughs) When you're a leader who cares about your work and your team, you know, you want to do well for them and by them. And I I have not, I'm yet to meet, I'm yet to meet a leader who, you know, wakes up and is like, today is a good day for chaotic, confusing communication. Yes, today's the day. Let's do this thing. That sounds fantastic. Let's do that. I guess as I'm saying that, I will sidebar and say, yes, sometimes, sometimes there is intentional miscommunication that happens. So apparently there are leaders, maybe who wake up and think that, but, um, but, you know, most of the, I mean, I haven't met those people personally. And I think on balance, you know, that's not the intention. It's not the intention. And and here's actually something important for us to talk about, which is unless you have like a big presentation, very few leaders proactively think about communication at all or very much. You know, they jot off emails and post on Slack and team and convene meetings. I mean, they're using words in all sorts of ways throughout every single day. And since they are adults, um, they're using 15,000 words on average because that's how many most adults use in a day. 
And in my experience, very few of them bring a level of intentionality to their communication that is commensurate with the intentionality they bring to strategy and planning and, you know, all the other elements of their work. And yet note, communication underlies so much of what a leader does. Now, I mean a bit harsh, I realize. I sound like I'm harshing on the leader's mellow. Some leaders, maybe you, dear listener, pay attention to your communication on the regular, just part of what you do. But many, many, many don't. Uh, and I think, you know, we can extrapolate from the information, that that research that I, that I mentioned earlier. I, I kind of know that to be true. Because if there was that level of intentionality, we would not see uh, all that money going out the door because of ineffective communication, right? So many don't. Um, and many, many companies do not have a culture that prioritizes and systematizes effective, happy-making, productivity-inducing communication. So I'm not like laying this at the feet of individual leaders. This is, again, this gets back to this is a culture issue, right? And, and oftentimes communication is kind of like a free-for-all. Organizations are increasingly identifying channels to use, right? So, prim- you know, maybe you're primarily an email um, organization still. Increasingly, it might be Slack or Teams or something like that for internal communication. But there is there is little guidance on the content, even if that's in place. Um, little guidance on the content that goes into those channels. It's really very interesting. And this, this is where Communicate I.O. comes in. This is a different way, a systematizable way, a predictable way to communicate effectively. It's so simple. I mean, it's so flippant simple. And it's it's highly effective. Anyone can learn Communicate I.O., literally anyone. It takes a little effort, yes, especially at first. I mean, as with anything new, it takes time to develop the new habits and skills and ways of thinking and doing. So I'm not saying it's instantaneous. Uh, It does take a little effort. And it is a communication mindset as much as a skill set. And I'll tell you, it's that mindset that gets the real results. Mindset equals money in the bank and happiness in the heart. There are skills to learn, like I said, and I'll keep sharing those on this podcast. They will be specific and practical and things you can use as soon as you hear them. As soon as you hear them, right? That's my promise to you. But a skill set without that mindset isn't going to be as effective. So that's why we're going to talk about both. So let's break this down a little bit more. What is Communicate I.O.? So Communicate I.O., the I.O. refers to inputs and outcomes. I is for inputs, O is for outcomes. For my tech and client leaders who are listening, yes, I.O. usually refers to inputs and outputs. Spot on. We're going to talk about outputs too. (laughs) They do factor in. But to get results um, when it comes to communication, the O that matters is outcomes. What are you hoping to achieve? From there, you can reverse engineer um, based on what your listener, your audience, your recipient, who, your listener, your audience, your recipient is. So communication is always, you know, there's always two things going on, right? What is there is what is sent or said, depending. And then there is what is received. Okay, so what is sent, what is received. Your goal is to get as much alignment between those two things as possible. This means intentionally asking, how will the person on the other end of my communication best receive my message? Whatever the message may be, right? If you don't ask this, you'll project, meaning you'll go with your own preferences. And this is where so much communication goes awry. 
for the recipient or recipients, sometimes plural, right? Like, again, this is about how will they receive it? Do they prefer email? Maybe they're an in-person person. Is this someone who likes to get a heads up or to set meetings in advance? Or are they good with you popping in? We all have different preferences, right? So, and we're going to talk about communication styles a whole lot more on future episodes. But I, I just like knowing the communication style of your team is imperative. It is communication gold. So we'll come back to that. <laughs> um, but you need to get clear. So first you're saying, what are the outcomes? And then who is receiving the message and get clear on how the message right, will best be received. You can think of this as the output, okay? Emails and meetings and all of these things. These are outputs. And then with great intentionality, um, then you're going to turn your attention to things like, you know, to, to, to the inputs themselves, the words, the syntax, the grammar, the fonts, the all of that stuff, right? Also things like, you know, getting granular, like if it's an email, how are you opening and closing it? Are you consistent? And if there's a deviation from that, how is that going to be received? Ditto with memos. And then, of course, always paying attention to your verbs, always verbs. Uh, more on this, again, in future episodes. I've talked about it in past episodes, um, but we will come back to it. Verbs are the superheroes of every sentence after all. So they're really important, right? So really focusing at that level on the inputs, and then, you know, you have different inputs depending on the output. So if the output is going to be something verbal, right? So a presentation or a meeting, you have other inputs to work with. Tone of voice, gestures, both of those are part of paralanguage. Uh, your pacing, your pauses. You can get very strategic with silence. There are so many options, so much opportunity to up the odds that your message will in fact be received as you intend and hope it will be. And clearly based on the aforementioned cost of crappy communications, um, so much opportunity for mishaps and mistakes, <laughs> really for the message to completely or mainly miss its mark. It can go both ways. And I think that's the power of Communicate IO is its simplicity. Now, maybe that sounds like a lot. Maybe you're feeling a little overwhelmed with the prospect of this much intentionality. I want you with me to take in a deep breath. Hold it. And then we're going to exhale for longer than we inhaled. Why did we do that? You've just calmed your central nervous system. Congratulations. <laughs> Uh, what this allows is your mind to open up a little bit, your body to calm down. So your mind can be open to change, right? Like it's okay. It's your, it's your way of saying to your mind, like, it's okay to be open to this newfangled communicate IO thing. We're going to be okay. Even though maybe we're going to do things a little bit different because otherwise that reptilian part of our brain is going to be like, mm, no, no, no to the new. Thank you very much. That reptilian part of our brain likes to do things just as we've been doing them, even though there's a way to get better results. We really have to do that mind work. This is part of the mindset work that comes along with it, right? To say like, no, no, we're going to do this thing. We're okay. We can try this, right? Now, if you listen to this podcast in its previous incarnation, you'll know, and by that, I mean when it was called Marketing for Good, you'll know about the energetics of language, Say it with me, words matter because they are matter. They have physicality, they make an impact. They, they create grooves in our brains, 
right? So, so we know this to be true. Um, and if you know about the energetics of language, you know that every word has its own energy and it puts that energy off into the world. So this is another piece of Communicate I.O. is really being able to channel the energetics of language, which gets really fun, really fast. And you're busy, right? So like if you're sitting there like, oh, holy doodle, Erica, I cannot possibly, I just don't have time for this level of intentionality. Of course you don't, right? Not every text and email and Slack or Teams message or whatever needs to be like a work of communicative art, right? Prioritize communication opportunities. And that's how I want you to think about this as opportunities that will bring the most value, right? To you, to your work, to your team, to the world over time. Each day, here's an invitation each day, maybe starting today, depending on where you, when you're listening to this, but maybe it's tomorrow, identify one opportunity that you want to prioritize. That if you get that opportunity right, you will it will get you those outcomes, those results that you want. Just one a day. And you know what? If you don't want to start in the workplace, you can try this at home. Really, you can. Just one a day. That's it. Start there. Okay. And you're going to work this system. What is the outcome I want or need to achieve with this opportunity? Who is the recipient or recipients? And how do they prefer to receive messages? Based on this, which output right, is best suited to this opportunity? Right. This is going to mitigate projecting. Is it an email, a huddle, in-person Slack message, a text? Signal? I don't know. Um, do I need to call a team meeting? All outputs. Okay, so decide on your output based on who the recipient is. Once that's decided, and again, no, this can be fast, right? It, it, like once you get into the groove with this, you will be able to identify your outcome and your outputs faster than it has taken me to describe this to you, <laughs> which is kind of ironic and funny. Um, but in the spirit of teaching something new, I'm going to stick with it. But just know, like, once you get the hang of it, this can go really quickly. Okay, so. You've identified the outcomes that you want to achieve, uh, the output, and then it's about the inputs, right? Like, what are those words? How are you going to say it? Are you going to strategically use silence? I don't know. How can you up the odds of your message landing? That's where the inputs come in. That's communicate I.O. It's simple. It's, it's a little different. It's effective. It can be fun. You know what makes it fun? Because like I said, once you get the hang of it, like, you know, this is a mindset and a skill set and you get better at it uh, as with anything that we, you know, work on and you get better results. And when you get better results, that feels good, right? That's fun. And it's fun and it's energizing to be a leader who knows how to communicate with clarity and confidence and who is modeling that for your team. This again, a conversation for another day for a future episode, but really important um, in terms of leadership and communications to be mindful of what you're modeling. <laughs> I want to say this. I want to come clean. I'm on this communication journey right along with you. I I'm a quote unquote communication expert. I study words, right? And I've been working Communicate IO for a long while. I still slip up and mess up all the time. We all have like go-to things we do communication-wise that are that are not IO-esque. I'll share two of mine. Okay. The, the first is I create chaos and confusion. I just did this earlier today. I I know I did. And I do it because I get so excited about something. I get so excited about things, right? Like communicate IO. I mean, I'm excited. So I know what the outcome looks like. And I've, I've been clear about communicating that, right? It's things like we launched the, the website and the podcast so we can serve and support 1 million leaders. 1 million leaders, right? Very, very clear. 
but I get going and the ideas start flowing so fast, so furious, that it can be really hard for people on my team to keep up because I'm just not, I'm not sequencing things in a way that that makes it clear. And that's not because they're anything other than awesome, amazing rock stars. I have incredible people who support me. It's because I'm over here bobbing and weaving so fast with my words that it's like, oh my God, Erica, stop, wait, which version are we using? <sighs> so I really have to mind my mind. I need to assure myself that it'll all get done. I can take the time to pull together clear communication, right? A comprehensive email or Google Doc or whatever it's going to be. Um, you know, it's like impatience plus enthusiasm kind of works against my best intentions sometimes. And, and so, and so that happens, right? And when I'm doing that, I'm not working communicate IO. The other thing I do, um, and I've gotten consistent feedback about this, so I know it's an issue and yet I persist. I'm aware of it. I've noticed it. Step one. And sometimes, sometimes like, uh, you know, I catch myself, I use big words. I mean, I like big words. I cannot lie. And, uh, and I use them when a simpler one would be more effective, right? Like our brains don't want to work hard. It is almost always in our best interest um, just to pick the simplest, the simplest words, easy, you know, to communicate um, because then the recipient doesn't have to use precious brain cells and brain power to understand it. And again, that doesn't mean there's a difference between simple and simplistic. Okay. That doesn't mean the recipient doesn't know big words. It's just like, you know, that takes up energy. Not just to, I mean, this gets, <laughs> when I'm really on a roll, I don't just use like one big word because, and we'll talk about this. Actually, sometimes a, a very intentional use of a big or unexpected word can be super effective because of novelty. Yeah, I just start using big words and I'm stringing them together. And this is the downside of enthusiasm. It's, it's, I'm not saying that's a reason for doing it, my enthusiasm, but it causes confusion and like consternation. It's, um, and it's costly. Uh, and it's costly in the same way that using jargon is, right? One, somebody like genuinely not, might not know what I'm talking about, but it also makes people feel yucky when they don't know, you know, what you're saying, what I'm saying when I'm on a roll and doing this thing that I do. And that, if we link this back to culture, I'm working, you know, it's antithetical, big word, to creating a culture where people feel included, right? It goes against that value that I hold. So it's like, it's out of values alignment. So it's a, it's a really bad communication thing that I do. At, like, I do love big words. Okay. You know, the movie Say Anything and the young woman, I'm forgetting the, the, the actor, but the young woman puts a mark by each. John Cusack is like in a room and he's looking at her dictionary and there's all these marks in her dictionary. And he's like, what's that about? She's like, oh, well, I put a mark by, you know, each of the words when I um, look them up. And most people, including the John Cusack character are like, okay, that's kind of weird. I don't know what to think about that. Well, I want to confess something, which is, um, I mean, just when you thought that that couldn't get any geek here, let me just up the geek factor a little bit here for you. I put check marks in a dictionary, but it was in my French English dictionary because I was a French major in undergrad. I toted this thing. I'm holding it right here. I am to, to France and back. And I've had it for, uh, okay, over half a lifetime at this point. That's really boggles the mind. And I put a check mark, right? So, so for fun, I did. I just pulled it out. Okay. And I'm just going to, I'm going to read the first word that has a check mark by it because there it is. Crenon. I don't know. I don't, what I, I don't now. I don't know what that. Maybe at the time I remembered what it meant. Faire un canon. Oh, is to reverse into a parking space. J'ai raté mon canon. Means I've parked badly. 
I don't know. Maybe I was, I never took a driving test over there. I don't know why the heck I was looking at Keno, but now I know that I did. Does anybody else do that? I'm not sure. It resonated with me, right? So this is, I have a long, long history, which I've talked about in previous episodes, and I'll probably share more about it with language and words and the role that it's played in my life. Um, So I have a soft spot for them. And, and when I'm, especially when I'm in a leadership role, which you know, I am, uh, I find myself there. I need to be, I mean, to be minding my words because like big words do not serve. That is not in, like I said, that's not in alignment with my values um, of making people on my teams um, feel included. Um, so it's something I have to work on. So this is my long-winded way of saying, I'm on this journey with you, right? Sometimes we misuse our inputs it is rarely the end of the world. In fact, the world is still here, so it's never the end of the world. But it really can have big impacts, especially, again, there's the aggregate impact of words and language as it relates to individuals within your organization and also the culture that you're creating. So that's Communicate.io in a, in a nutshell. It's a mindset. It's a skill set. And I want to close with an invitation just for you to be thinking about, are you open Are you up for changing up how you communicate and starting with how you think about communicating? Are you open to prioritizing communication as you do other things on your leadership docket? Is there there the readiness there? Like I said, a lot of what we're going to cover on this podcast, you don't have to like embrace embrace the entire thing and do it all the time. I'm going to keep things practical because that's how I roll. But I hope you're open to it, right? And that you're open to just being on the journey and we're going to have some fun. Like I mentioned earlier, my goal is to get at least 1 million leaders fluent in Communicate I.O. I've seen the difference it can make. I'm excited to see leaders go through that transition from chaos and confusion to clarity and confidence. That just never gets old. It just is it's wonderful for everybody involved. So if you're up for it, Join me next on the next episode. We're going to um, take a look-see at a word that is near and dear um, to a lot of our hearts and just like put, put it under the microscope as it were. So I'm excited about that. If you are as, as excited as I am, you, you know what? You don't even need to be as excited as I am. You could take it down a couple notches if you're low-key excited about this and you think it will be helpful to other leaders, leaders like you who are looking and open to ways of growing and expanding and upping your leadership game. If you will share this episode, rate, review, do all those things, I would just, I would so appreciate it. Um, it's a it's a big deal and I, appreci- I would appreciate it. I appreciate you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thanks for sharing and listening and doing what you do in the world, which is amazing work. We are just getting started on this communication journey together, and I cannot wait to bring you and for you to hear the next episode of Communicate I.O. If you enjoyed this episode of the Communicate I.O. podcast, you know what to do next. Please rate, review, subscribe, and share. Leading can be hard. Communication doesn't need to be. If you're interested in having your organization or team learn how to communicate I.O., I would love to hear from you. Get in touch at info at klaxoncommunication.com. Thank you for listening. Thank you for sharing. And thank you for being a leader who is making our workplaces and our world better places to be.